0: this week's episode of Please Watch This, a film podcast where each week two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to each other so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? My name is Hugh Dempsey and I'm joined by Comrade Sam Blakely. (laughs) Hello, Comrade.
1: Hello, Comrades. Hugh. How How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it's been... uh... Been a crazy week, I've got to say, uh, since we last spoke. Um, quite a lot's going on in the world. Uh, probably some of you might have heard of the thing called the coronavirus. Um, others is that might where, have heard.
0: Is that where you have a drink of Corona and you like, "Oh, this tastes like shit." Oh no, it's
1: a uh, it's a hangover. Ah, Corona hangover. Is? Yeah, it's a uh, yeah it's plague. It's a plague, really. Um, you know this this today we worked I worked to the news that Tom Hanks has got coronavirus, so we wish him all the best. He will. He does listen. Obviously, I mean, well, he's got the time now, hasn't he?
0: He's well, yeah. self-isolating himself away in uh, in Australia.
1: quality podcast uh, content. Yeah. Um, in more sad film news, Max von Sydow, um departed this year. He did. Hours. Up into the great green goblin in the sky. Um, so I think we maybe we'll have to do another a couple of Max von Sydow films over the over the coming weeks. Do you know? I uh, didn't this, know that he was the uh, he
0: played death in this. Is it the Seven Steps or the Seven something? You know, the famous seven, part. Seventh
1: sorry. Seal. No, he seventh, played, yeah, he yeah that's death. it. Sorry, the Seventh he, Seal. Yeah, he, he played. He played chess against death in the in Seventh Seal. Oh, sorry. Yeah,
0: he was playing. Yeah, sorry. Blah, blah blah, rewind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was <laughs> he in the was in that, seal. Yeah. He was play- Yeah, I didn't realize that was him.
1: Like that's funny because um, he, you know he's he's been in so much, and there there were one or two that really did still surprise me. I mean, I didn't know he played Bo- Blofeld. As we know, I'm not a big Bond aficionado. Um, mm, no, he didn't play Blofeld. Wasn't it not Blofeld? Was it? no he the was. Guy with the, who was the guy with the cat?
0: That was Blofeld, but there was two like famous actors who played him. There was Don right. Pleasant, who was the original, and then there was um, Telly Savalas who did it in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And so that's was... probably
1: why I didn't know he he played it. I'm sure I saw it in one of the uh, Hobbits, but maybe maybe I've just
0: he did play Ming the Merciless, which I didn't know.
1: Yeah, Ming the Merciless is great in Minority Report and yeah. Exorcist, and so we're not we're not on Max von Sydow podcast, but. We think he's really really good.
0: Yeah, R.I.P. mate. R.I.P. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but what? Speaking of uh, death of uh, famous people, uh, so we're yeah. here this week to talk about the Armando Anucci uh, black comedy death of Starling. So, um, for those who aren't aware who Armando Anucci is, he's basically the comedy. He's like the comedy Godfather. I would suggest at this point in time, so much great comedy he he has made that you didn't... I did, I genuinely didn't know that he was responsible for producing Alan Partridge until, like, I started looking into this film. I just didn't know that.
1: It's amazing. It's one of... He's got one of those CVs where you go, what, what, he did that and that and that. I, what, I just thought he did these seven things I really liked and then 11, <laughs> yeah. is, there's other 20 things that... Oh, my gosh, because obviously he was not, like... But yeah, big part of Alan Partridge. I, I, I should I should mention I've redownloaded. Uh, I've I've created another fake email address to get another um, Audible credit and uh, redownloaded. I Partridge. It is <laughs> the, the best audiobook ever. It's a really f- funny book on the page, but with Steve Coogan playing Alan Partridge and then reading out the the footnotes. Uh, it is it is fantastic. There's one where he's uh, he talks about a. Um, I can't remember exactly the context, but he's basically saying how he's not responsible for the final solution. Um, The closest (laughs) thing he ever came was he 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 made fun of a classmate's big nose, and he says, and he was a big nose. And um, they they say that the one of the few things that keeps growing your entire life is your nose. He's now (laughs) fifty four. Good God. <laughs> and it, anyway, it's it's I can't do it just... It's just so brilliant. So, listener, you know, create a fake, a fake email address, get an audible credit and, and download iPartridge today. Jeff Bezos can take the hit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, Armando... Have you ever seen his sketch show, The Armando and Ichi Show?
0: Um, yes, I, but the only bit I ever remember... I think I saw one... Actually, I think I only ever really saw or remember one episode, and it was where he was talking about hair growing out of his ears and him going to the barbers and him having an existential <laughs> crisis about having to have his uh, the hair on his ears shaved. And it's like, <laughs> when did this happen? And wh- yeah, when do and I need, you to need to... Yeah, but I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. But um, yeah, so the reason I recommended this film to Sam this week is essentially I'm a big fan of The Thick of It. That's kind of how I came to know about Armando Anucci realistically. Um, and I realised that he was kind of part of the creative drive behind that amazing show um i also know i also liked his work veep i've seen his film in the loop so yeah just a general all-round armando Anucci comedy fan quite frankly especially his political satire i think that's and, and the thick of it of is best just around.
1: it is next level comedy you know satire it's it, they just throwaway lines that are just You know, brilliant genius lines that most shows would have on a pedestal. You know, some sort of plinth, and they would keep keep saying that same joke. They just throw away these amazing lines. Yeah, this one's at the
0: bottom of the pantry under some plastic bags, isn't it? That's the kind of comedy (laughs) that it's so good. You know, it's the we've mentioned personally to each other you know that there's the famous cultural line of omni shambles was a throwaway mm. line to a better joke in that episode you know you're an omni shambles from coffee to cup you fuck up <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: or from bean to cup
0: you fuck up bean sure to cup that's right yeah. and
1: it's so endlessly rewatchable because it's there's so much stuff you know so many throwaway lines that you don't even catch the first time um, that's also a Netflix, listener, so do watch all five seasons of that, yeah. please.
0: So the plot to this film is basically how does the inner circle of Joseph Stalin react to his sudden death, essentially, and all the mass- machinations of all the different ministers and um, characters around, you know, Joseph Stalin, effectively, and the the comedy that comes from their ineptitude, but also their scheming and their, their, their Inhumanity. fear. <laughs> or lack thereof, I would argue. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of the comedy comes from, you know, one mistake and that's curtains for you you know, and, you know, Anucci does this very, super well in the, uh, the thick of it, but there it's kind of like people's, no one wants to ruin their reputation or their careers where this just takes it to that next level. It's like, oh, well, if I miss-say something, I'm going to get sent to the gulag or I'm going to get put up against a wall and shot. You know, that's the end of me.
1: Yeah, you um, be on the
0: list. Yeah, like one of the, one of the uh, I was going to say characters. I always find it, I, I never like to call people characters in a film that are real-life people, so, yeah, you know. Um,
1: but, I mean, you know. They are also we've, written. They are, yeah, they're written, and you know the, it's conversations in rooms that we couldn't know that, that happen or not. And we've established before; she was our history. But I've had, um, I mean, presumably having done a degree, you know, related to history, you'll know a fair amount about the Soviet Union. Is this an area that you? Uh, that you're upon? Well, it's a bit. Do I mean, you know how, how true to life a lot of it is? Um, well, I wouldn't, you
0: know, it's one of these things is where are the conversations in it? I've, I'm going to speak about that a little bit later on, I think, in the podcast yeah, after probably, we've yeah. gone through the review, because there are some inaccuracies and there's a few things that I want to get out of the way, but I don't want to dump them here. And I think yeah, we'll talk more about the film rather than the history of sure. it entirely. I don't want to send people to sleep unless that's your intention. You're listening to this <laughs> late at night and you want some, uh, you want some smooth tones to listen to while you sleep? Hey, this is. Jazz. Please watch this uh, nighttime special. Nice <laughs> nights. <laughs> do you like jazz? <laughs> but, so, uh,
1: um, what what is it you really like about this film? And, and what do you think I would like about this film? So the the comedy is the best
0: part of this film. It's it's that farce. Um, it's that nature of it that it's being. It's an absurdist farce about people, like you, like I've just mentioned, about them reacting and watching people react to events as they unfold. You know, oftentimes where you get these, even comedies like, you know, when it's like political dramas, everyone knows the move they're going to make and maybe they're a little unsure, but they're so dedicated to it and everyone speaks perfect syllables and nobody makes a mistake. Where this, it's just people bumbling around, (laughs) kind of going, you know, uh, in this Malenkov, uh, played by Jeffrey Tambor, is amazing at the reluctant successor who knows everyone's scrutineering every movie he makes. He's He's such
1: contrast to Stalin, isn't he, in terms of his strength as a character and his uh, conditions. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and he's that, like... He is that kind of, you know, he's threatless, isn't he, to everyone around him. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of why he's in that position, because anyone who would have been a threat to Stalin's
1: power would have been purged a long time ago. Um, it's like yeah. in Game of Thrones when, is it, Tommen becomes the king. <laughs> it's like, well, he's not pulling the strings. <laughs> he will not do well in war. Uh, yeah, a little, yeah, a little different, I would
0: argue you know child king and all that different kind of uh, mm. set up but these things are ostensibly you know he was a he was a he was running a country like a crime organization and you know you want somebody loyal and you know a bit of a buffoon quite frankly you know who might show a bit of uh, I don't know, like respectability, like a veneer of respectability, but put him under any sort of real pressure and as this film showed he's he's not a man to react very well under pressure.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so yeah, I like I like the just the kind of it's an unusual subject to take on for comedy, isn't it? It's very there is some darkness in this film. Um you know, you see a man get shot in the face and uh burnt his body burnt to a crisp. Um and, you know, Beria was a real-life person. He was a horrific, horrific human being, second only in probably horrificness in this period to Joseph Stalin himself, quite honestly. You know, even, mm. at least Stalin didn't rape young women and make them disappear if they didn't take flowers that he gave them to prove that his rape was consensual, you know? So, yeah, you know, there was a there's somebody I'm not... I'm glad died. Quite frankly, an untimely <laughs> death. Um, Again,
1: in topical news, Harvey Weinstein. But uh, we won't go uh, too far on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, that's that's something
0: I, I like. I do like that kind of you know, the thick of it is brilliant. And this is just an extension of that, just set in a different period and with like A list actors and Yeah, I think and for the reasons I've listed it, I think you would enjoy it as well. I think you would enjoy the performances, you enjoy the back and forth banter. You know, we had a, a last week's episode with Fargo is another example of great banter comedy where people with are Stevie reacting Shemmy. to yeah, yeah, how people are reacting. Um, you know, and Joseph Isaacs absolutely steals the show in this as uh, as um, Marshall Zhukov, doesn't he? And, you know, <laughs> some of the lines he has where he says, <laughs> but I fucked Germany, I think I can fuck a, what's he call him, like a skin sack or something.
1: Yeah, I think a, a flesh bag of something. And particularly yeah. sort of forthright Yorkshireman, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um so
0: yeah, they're the reasons I think you'd like it. Um you might you may I think you might have got a bit bored, maybe. I don't think the jokes don't come quickly. They're not like joke, 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 joke. You know, there's not like five jokes a minute, six jokes a minute, ten jokes a minute. It's it's very much they come in bunches and in little periods and there's little little throw like you said, throwaway lines. Um like there's a bit where um Malenkov decides to leave when they're um doing the autopsy on Stalin and Paul Whitehouse's character just goes, Oh, running away, are we? <laughs> you know, just call insults him as he leaves because he can't stomach, <laughs> you know, looking at a man's brain, essentially. <laughs> um yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to see what you think of this, because I don't I don't know if it would necessarily be your usual cup of tea in terms of comedy. But at the same time, I think you would appreciate the writing for what it is. And I think it is it is hard to make a comedy, I think, about a specific period, about a culture that you we're not overly familiar with. Like, how do you make those jokes? You know, how do you have them do like little interplay jokes between each other with references? You know, there's a joke in here where... Um, one of the characters says to Malancoff, "He goes, did Coco Chanel take a shit on your head? And he goes, no, he didn't. Because <laughs> he, yeah. he, he doesn't know who Coco Chanel is. It's <laughs> funny thinks... when they
1: reference people like Judy Garland and Coco Chanel and I'm like, oh God, yeah, they were yeah. around then. You know, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, John so Wayne and that. long live John Wayne and John Ford. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But
0: they're the references for us as well. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a mm-hmm. really strange thing. So It yeah. also
1: drives it home that this is basically living memory.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, coming up after the break, we're going to get what's uh, been... what
1: Juicy dubbed a friend of the show as Mm -hmm. Sam's Jams. Um, Sam's Jams. Does this film make it into Sam's Jams? Yeah. Find Um, out after the break.
0: Welcome back. So, Sam... Let's get your jam on uh, the death of Stalin.
1: All right, so as we always do, um, I'll say what I liked, what I didn't like, and then we'll, we'll come to sort of final ratings and so on. I think you're right to, to sort of to point out that it's the sense of humour, it's the writing um, that was a really it was a joy for me um, as a big fan of Yannouchi. And, and I... There a lot of, there's been a lot of um, colorization of black and white things in you know in the last few years, various films and, and photographs and what it does is it kind of humanises them and what I really like about this is how it's humanised, you know, these kind of, you know, historical figures they're sort of mythical figures really and even if they died only like 50 years ago they become mythical figures and you sort of forget that they had to take a shit <laughs> and all this sort of stuff and um and I really like the sort of bumbling idiots, and it kind of reminds me of Chris Morris, who's another great, you know, British satirist, sort of, you know, brain the size of a planet, sort of, sort of satirist like Iannucci. and um, they obviously worked together quite a lot in the in the nineties. And um, when Chris whenever I thinking, think of British Isles, I think of pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> so, listener, if you, you know if you don't know Brass Eye and Day to Day and all that, then check it out, and. Um, when chris morris was promoting um four lions which is about terrorists but as a comedy it, you know he was he was asked is this really the subject for for comedy and he said well he heard some stories about terrorists that that made him laugh, and he thought, yeah, why can't they? Why can't they be ridiculous? Why can't they be funny? You know, he told a story about... Um, oh, in fact, I've told this on the podcast because you criticised me for saying the President of, of uh, Canada or the Prime Minister of Canada or something like that. And um, anyway, so they, they wanted to... Just if you're uh, listening, listeners, there's no such thing as the President of Canada, just FYI. It's an easy mistake to make, North America, No, it's not. <laughs> just it's, it's, based, it's the same role, isn't it? But anyway, um, they wanted no, to... The president's they wanted to, to the President's different to Prime Minister. Oh, we're getting into this bullshit again, so they wanted to, anyway. They wanted to assassinate a figure, and I think, I think Jung Young and
0: Young uh, uh, and Freud are the same. What's oh that dear, say
1: again. Well, I, I, that's fine by me. That's fine by me. Uh-huh. Uh, there was another story said about where they they wanted to take a boat and put some bombs on it and have it as like a, you know a. Boat with bombs on it, so they can go blow something up, and they didn't account for the weight of the bombs, oh, and, and it the boat sank. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and it's like, why can't they be funny? And and it, it, it's true here, you know, why why can't these people be ridiculous people who are so self-serving and so callous about the the deaths and so on? And it's interesting. I, I mentioned last week that I, I heard uh, Ianucci recently in a, uh, a sort of talk about satire, and he said that in this film, he he wanted the sort of the villains you know all the main characters to be awful stupid people who get no dignity but he wanted to treat the subject matter with with some seriousness and it is sort of slapstick farce but but the the people who are killed arbitrarily they're not they're not figures of fun and they're certainly not the butt of the joke ever it's more about the sort of color it's like in blackadder goes forth when you see is it uh, not kitchener what's his name the um the general the Field yeah. General Marshal Hig, and he's um, he's just stood there. He's talking on the phone, and he's got you know the uh, sort of like the battlefield strategy board out in front of him, and he's just sweeping soldiers off <laughs> with a dustpan and brush. You yeah. know, and it's just like the the soldiers are not the butt of the joke here. It's the you know it's the donkeys in, in charge. And I thought it did a, a really good job of that, and I I couldn't quite pinpoint how it managed to do that, other than you you don't really see them get shot you know they're slightly off camera they're slightly out of focus and they're not lampooned at all it's really just the people who are who are doing it who are the uh, the baddies which is really which is really good it also helped me to appreciate uh, 1984 a little bit more um, which over the years it's just really sort of solidified in my mind as one of my favorite novels of all time and When I was recording this mid March, um, I've not yet given Hugh his Christmas presents because whenever I see him, I forget to take them. I can officially reveal that one of the Christmas presents I've got for Hugh is an actual copy of 1984 because Hugh's never read it, and uh, and I think you'd really like it. And I think especially, I knew that it was inspired by people like Stalin, um, but it's it's in that same climate as this film, and it's helped me to appreciate a book that I've always loved. It's that everybody's always under constant. Surveillance, but they don't know who by, they don't know what's bugged, they don't know who's listening, and people can be disappeared. It was then it was Polyakov or Poly something, you know, and he says, uh, Whatever happened to Polyakov? And I go, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we fucking well know what happened to him, but you're not supposed to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's
0: like, I'm not supposed to, I can't, I'm tired. I can't remember who's alive and who's dead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And there's a lot of that. And uh, it really messes with your sense of reality and, and who's been, you know, open and who's not. And, you know, when, um, uh, who's Michael Palin's character? Um, um, Molotov. Molotov. Yeah. yeah. When, he, when his wife, uh, is it? Plane, uh, when his wife. Yeah. Uh, when she's, comes back, but he he wants to say, well, she she was a traitor and all this sort of stuff, <laughs> uh, you know, and and they're all testing each other because when Stalin dies, they're wondering, you know, do we keep do we keep up this charade? Can we can we now be honest with each other? But then, these people were Stalin's deputies, so they're gonna probably want to keep his. And there's just this great suspicion over everybody, um and I thought that that was that worked really well, and, and the cast, you know. I, Simon Russell Beale is a name I'd heard quite a lot. I don't think I've seen him in many things at all, if anything. And he's, it's because he's a name uh, as a famous stage actor, really. Yeah. And when, when you hear that, you sort of think, how good can they really be to be so, you know, faunted? It's like uh, Laurence Olivier or something like that, you know, gives great film performances, but really this story is that, you know, to see him live on, on stage was the thing and I remember Stephen Fry talking about when he was a very young child he went to a stage play and he was excited because it was being put on by Laurence Olivier but Olivier wasn't in it um, and he was really disappointed and he said that there was a man towards the end very very minor role and um, Stephen Fry was kind of just magnetically attracted to the fact that... Oh, he was really captivated by the the way this guy took his gloves off. And he asked his <laughs> mum at the end, who was that guy who was taking his gloves off? And she said, oh, that's Laurence Olivier. You know, and it's kind of like, there must be something that really good stage actors have. So I was really intrigued to see Simon Russell Beale. I, I mean, I don't know what, what else he's been in, but I feel like I... Well, seen in an interview else? that
0: Armando Anucci did with uh, Kermode Mayo, he said that he intentionally chose Simon Beale because people hadn't, by and large, seen his work, so yeah. they cho- he chose him to be somebody who would just inhabit this character of Beria um, and be able to convey the man's malevolent behaviour and his, just, his dark menace, <laughs> I think
1: I would describe it Yeah, as. and he's a Shakespearean actor, so he, gets, he can do that and and he really could, you know, it was, it was really nice to, to finally see him in something because I'm looking through his IMDb and I don't think I've really... also he played Churchill, oh, in a 2004 version of Dunkirk. Yeah, there's, there's really not much... He plays Napoleon in Blackadder back and forth. What does it? Oh my God, he plays Napoleon. Oh God, now I now I can see it. Anyway, this is me just looking through IMDb and talking out loud. Tune in um, to this
0: week's episode of Sam scrolls through IMDb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he was great, and like you say, I, I had no, hang, I had no kind of like. Baggage with him, I didn't really have any expectations. I actually forgot that Simon Russell Beale was in the film, and he was playing during the the credits. I was like, Oh, that's Simon Russell Beale. He's in, uh, he
0: plays Falstaff in The Hollow Crown, which is a Shakespeare Mm. adaptation the BBC did um, a few years back. And he that's the first thing I saw him in. He's really good as Falstaff in that. Mm. I would uh, recommend he's the best performance in that. In that, that, I think it's King Henry the Fourth part one. Yes, I've no idea. no idea. Yes, I don't it is really
1: indeed. Enough. But yeah, it's definitely made me want to go and try and search some things out that he has been in. And the cast generally were really good. It was really nice seeing people like um, Ben Swain at the start being the composer who <laughs> yeah. knocks himself out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's something Ben Swain would do. <laughs> I just love the line-up. Um, the director <laughs> says there, he goes, Who puts a
0: fucking fire... Um, Bucket there, (laughs) yeah.
1: What fire conscious? Yeah, whatever puts the bucket there. Um, And it was just really nice, just seeing lots of lots of familiar faces, just to inhabit very minor roles quite often. You know, Paddy Considine's got a great role in this, but he's on screen for about six minutes. You know, know, yeah. So yeah, really good cast, really funny. You know, really handled a musical emergency delicately. A musical emergency. where we're all we're all safe. Uh, no one's going to die. Emergency. Sit down.
0: Don't 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 move from up there. Or break your legs. <laughs> don't back.
1: defy me. Don't that's it. Um, don't defy me. So yeah, I mean, and he's great and everything. And our our number one fan Joe is a big fan of uh, Paddy Considine. In terms of what I didn't like, it narratively it was quite slow, and it was I did find myself losing focus a little bit, and it is difficult in a kind of um, you know one hour forty five. Comedy, essentially, it is a comedy, yeah, uh, even though it's dealing with witty issues. Um, and I, it is a criticism of the film because it, it didn't maintain my focus the whole time, but I find it hard to criticize this film because actually, it really is very excellent. It's and you know, and it's great insight, it really, really good for someone like me who doesn't know much about it. You know, I've heard names like Khrushchev uh, and Molotov, but I don't really know their role yeah. in it, I, I barely know really what Stalin was like other than obviously terrible and he was the leader of the soviet union you know during the second world war and, and for many years before and after yeah and i really like that they characterize him as basically like a lot alan sugar sort of thing you know because this kind of like <laughs> yeah and, and just generally that the accents you know not putting on russian accents or something i just really liked that Again, it humanised them in, in a way that that you wouldn't get from a lot of adaptations that would that would do it too honestly. To have What's his name? What's uh, Jason Isaacs' name? Shurkov.
0: Uh, Zhukov.
1: Zhukov. You know, as a as a blunt Yorkshireman, it really fits because he's like the he's the sort of all guns blazing, sort of just kick the door down and sort it out, flash heart sort of character, isn't he? He's not a diplomat or anything. Yeah, um, and it's really worked to have him as a great well. Film he's film, he's
0: the one character in the whole film who's. Un, almost untouchable, so he can say what he wants and how he feels. You know, with Stalin being dead, he's he could have he could have become the head of the Soviet Union. Maybe if that's something he would perhaps wanted, because he was the head of the Red Army. Do you know? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, he got quite got, a lot of power.
0: Yeah. Um, exactly. So yeah, and his uh, <laughs> he just gets for me he steals the show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fun. He really he does. Really and, does. He, and he He's so he funny. Just
1: comes in and and he sort of. You sort of quite like him because, because they're all shits, and you're happy for him to just sort it out and come in and sort it out. And it, you know, I really don't worry about him treading on anybody's toes because they're all shits. And um, I had I've just idly flicked through the IMDb trivia just while we were sort of waiting to, to get it all set up. And I saw that Jason Isaacs said that he chose a Yorkshire accent because they were the most blunt. Uh, most blunt accent he could find, really, and uh, I think it really works. Too fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that, that's not kidding, lad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So no, put yeah, that, the, put wood in oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what would you say? What would you say is your favourite scene from this film?
0: Um, just before we go into the favourite scene, I was wanting to oh, ask sure. you. So, did you? You haven't actually. Did
1: you find this film funny?
0: Because you're saying.
1: Because. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't laugh out loud that many times. Maybe I would have done if I'd watched it with other people. Um, yeah. But I found it very funny. I found it very funny as an idea and in um, execution. We talked about Spaceballs where I thought a lot of a lot of the jokes would have sounded funny if I was to see them on the page, but I didn't really enjoy them on the screen. Whereas this one, actually, I really liked the idea and I, I found myself being amused for most of the film as opposed to laughing at Rory Slater things
0: yeah i found i was watching it again today i found that i was laughing out loud at certain bits that were i i like a lot of the absurdity of this film mm, um yeah. you know i like it where they roll stalin's body over you know after he's wet himself after yeah. having the stroke and he's um <laughs> he's rolled over one of them as they're moving him onto the
1: bed and he's just complaining because his suit's getting ruined yeah. <laughs> and he's like really angry I think about Paul Whitehouse's character. Yeah. yeah. He's just like Uncle Nobbed at a wedding, isn't he? You know, like <laughs> yeah. his top button's never done and he's just sort of like sarcastic and takes piss out of everybody else. Doesn't really take anything seriously.
0: Yeah. Rightio. Um, so, yeah. So, my favourite scene for this film It is that scene when they, move, when they take his body from um, the. From the uh, the uh, the study into the bedroom. When See there's... that,
1: yeah. I mean, at the last minute, I changed that. That's my that was my favourite scene oh, as well. Yeah. What is? What did you like about it? It's because it's most of the main characters
0: all in one place, having to interact with each other and like mm-hmm. solve a problem. But obviously, it's because they're all. <laughs> Men in their, like, 40s and 50s and 60s, they're a bit bumbling, you know, so Jeffrey Tambor's having to stretch. And he's like, all right, you're not getting ready for the ball, sure. And he's like, I've got a bad back. <laughs> you know, he's he's got a reason, but, you know, no little bit of pretentiousness is is allowed yeah. from any of them in this situation. And,
1: and the dynamics and the politics of them as well, because they, they've they all been, you know, during Stalin's life and, and sort of leadership, They've all been sort of in struggle and they're always policing each other's language and so on. And then as soon as he's presumably possibly... Because I assumed he died because he's just lying by himself on the floor, you know, overnight. I assumed he died by then already. Um, There's already power players and already kind of, like, people not sure who to be and how truthful to be after that. Yeah,
0: like where um, Khrushchev says...
1: You know, they, they keep all asking him why he's got his pyjamas on. He's like, I'm a man of action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the great thing about him, I see, another great scene that I liked um, with uh, Khrushchev was uh, him and his wife, him recounting everything he said yeah. and the jokes he made and the laughs. And I thought that, you know, you could see this is a person who's made it this far because he watches himself like that in this state, you know. Yeah, it's and he apparently
0: the, one of the reasons uh Khrushchev made it to where he was, and they allude to it in the film, is Stalin just found him funny, he found him amusing. Oh wow and he was so he was quite competent in a macabre way at what he did. Yeah. But he was also um he was a funny person. Or oh, Stalin thought he was amusing, and that helped him. So when he realised this, he started recording the jokes that were funny to his wife this isn't
1: like made up this is because like you, you yeah you see and that the scheme. struck me as that struck me as one of those things i thought this has to be real you know this has to be based on something real yeah. um hugh you feel i'm gonna open the door because the cat's uh, clawing at the door so um, fantastic so yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite line what's your favorite line well is there any other scenes that you like other than that one well, I'm away from the microphone now. How about you?
0: <laughs> so the scenes that, the other scenes that I quite like in this film, uh, I like the part where um, Rupert Friend's character playing Joseph Stalin's son, um, Vas- Vasily, and he's, he's instructing the uh, ice hockey players, and they're really bad. They're all falling over because it's the, uh, the ice hockey team for the military, and the previous
1: team all died in a plane crash. Which... What plane crash? There was never a plane crash. Soviet planes do not crash.
0: Yes, indeed. My
1: father will have you saddled and ridden to Siberia. You fucking pies! <laughs> yeah,
0: and I love the bit where he goes. He just casually says, "You're their coach. You train them. Train them to be as good as the previous team, or I'll have you shot."
1: <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, "Oh, I'll do it myself." And he's like, "You get
0: that?" And it's just great. Him, like, I yeah, don't know, he gets much, on the
1: ice. Just go around me. Ignore me. You know, hit it. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, is great
0: scene. But again, I love. Like I would split this film kind of into two parts, right You have the the first half up until I think you know they've moved the body, and it's like after you know it's the it's kind of you show the fear of living in Soviet Russia and the, the the anarchy and the mania that happens like you said where it's like even Joseph Stalin would be able to tell that the acoustics isn't right <laughs> and one of them goes even and he goes yeah. I'm
1: sure our leader has a great ear, two great ears." you know yeah yeah. he's it's, it's basically talking into where he <laughs> assumes the bug is <laughs> yeah. in cause a, cause a big microphone other, you know it's like um, uh, Simpsons did a, a treehouse uh, episode that was inspired by this Twilight Zone episode mm. where there's a monster in a small town and it has to be pleased and everybody has to do what the monster wants. Um, And they always have to be happy all the time, only happy thoughts, because it can read their thoughts. And it turns out the monster is a little child. And I think in The Simpsons, it's Bart. And, you know, you're not allowed to ever say anything wrong or say anything other than happy things, or you get turned into jack-in-the-box or you get turned into horrible things. And it's really like that, isn't it? Actually, you know, this is where we get, like, 1984, that's where you get the phrase, thought police. They really are looking for signs of any sort of, you know, anti-state, anti-status anti quo kind of th- feelings.
0: Yeah. The other scene that I really like as well is the um, the scene when they're actually at, they're doing the Guard of Honour for uh, Stalin and um, Khrushchev tries to swap places with Malenkov. <laughs> and they'll be like, because the like, they're arguing over the bishops. <laughs> 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 and I also like the bit where uh, I like a lot of scenes in this film actually. I like the bit where they're scheming in the car and he's like ah this is why I bring the dog the dog and he's got a little squeaker for the dog oh, and the dog great, starts yeah. going mad <laughs> and it's like he's, and he walks going oh you've got all these people killed um, this is your fault, and he's like in the car, get in the car. You know, <laughs> he's like he doesn't care about the people dying; he's more bothered no, about no, no. plotting against uh, Beria. Naked uh, cherry is not on. Yeah, it's not the on little ben. subtle details as well, like where when he go when Khrushchev goes to see Molotov at his apartment, and um, he flushes the toilet. The yeah. toilet stopped and he goes to do it again, but the cistern hasn't filled up. <laughs> and they've got because yeah. that's what would happen in those situations, or where mm. um, when Zhukov goes in and goes, put your put your hands up, and he's like, oh, he's not there. Oh, he's at the he's like, oh fuck, he's at <laughs> he's the at window. window. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, it plays on your expectations because in real life, that's probably, you know, I think what Armando Anucci does so perfectly well is he does that ability of making these. Like you said, these historical figures or real life figures just seem more, like you said, human and people doing human things. And, uh, you know, like you said, uh, Malenkov's flip-flopping and vanity and, you know, Beria's kind of malevolent kind of presence. But, you know, he just, as soon as he realises he's basically about to get shot, is he starts you know begging for his life and you know threatening and doing everything he can and you know it's just the anarchy and it's like i don't know what it is that whatever armando Anucci does but he seems to direct his actors
1: in a way that says just act naturally <laughs>
0: yeah. and they're really yeah. good at acting naturally. he's not scared
1: of improvisation but not in a kind of judapada way <laughs> you know uh, yeah yeah I, th- I think it seems like he'd be a great person to work for
0: yeah um so yeah um so what's your favorite line of the film song
1: Favorite line. I mean, I really originally did really uh, like the line, and I wrote it down. My father will have you saddled and ridden to Siberia because I'm pretty <laughs> sure he says you fucking pies. Uh, <laughs> um, it might be something else, but the other one was really Malenkov when um, gosh, Stalin's son wants to speak at the funeral, and he says no problem. <laughs> and then Khrushchev, technically yes, but practically, barrier. There are programmatic complications, and then Malenkov change, changes his mind. I think I misspoke when I said no problem. What I meant was, no, problem, ignore me. <laughs> and I just love that he's just like, he's flip flapping and then says ignore me. I mean, it's the most, it's the complete opposite of what Stalin would have done in that scenario. Yeah. How about you, what, was, what would be your favourite line?
0: Um, my favourite line was when Zhukov, uh, sorry, when Zhukov and um, Khrushchev are talking and he's basically... Khrushchev tries to recruit um, Zhukov to get this plan against against Beria, and he just um, and how Zhukov basically like <laughs> goes to oh, yeah. him and um,
1: <laughs> winds him up essentially. <laughs> um, yeah, he's kind of accusing him of uh, you know sort of uh, talking against the party and all that sort of stuff, and then can't keep a straight face. Khrushchev says, "I really need your
0: help." To do what? There's bodies fucking piling up in the street. It's a bit late, isn't it? What if we blame this on someone? Wait, who's up? Who's out of control? Nikki, be very careful what you say next. Who? Barrier. I'm going to have to report this conversation threatening to do harm or obstruct any member of the presidium in the process. Grins. <laughs> Look at your fucking face. <laughs> and he's like, and then the next line, he's like.
1: You know, he says, "Oh, look
0: at look at the balls on you; they're as big as the Kremlin." <laughs>
1: yeah, he's great because he just yeah because he comes in. He's like Finchie from The Office. You know, comes in. I remember Martin Freeman describing Finchie as a this ball of horrible energy or horrendous energy. You know, coming yeah. into the room. He really does capture that sort of that sort of Ralph. What is it, Ralph Inneson, I think it's called. It mm. Really captures that performance. That's sort of Leeds kind of accent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um,
0: the other one I like is when. They, you know, when they have the doctors and the doctors are all lined up and they go to tell, um, basically, their prognosis of Stalin and essentially say he's dying. And Svetlana, um, Andrea <laughs> she has some great lines where she goes, I want a second opinion. I don't trust these creatures. How old are you? I'm 29. That's a lie. How old are you? <laughs> and then he's like, like he says,
1: I'm 29. <laughs> yeah. And then later, when uh, what's, uh, she, points what's Bo- she, went, she points to
0: him, she points to him, I'm sorry, and she goes, You look dead.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Stalin's son does exactly the same thing, and he says, You're not even human. You're an alien or something like that. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. so,
0: that that was, was my next one. He's like, You're <laughs> mostly hair. He goes, you're, you, you know, uh, Vasily comes in and goes, you're dividing the spoils. How old are you? I'm old. You're not old. You're not even a person. You're a testicle. You're made mostly of hair. <laughs> to the person yeah. who Svetlana said was, you look dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the main doctor goes to her, she goes, he's like, how old? And she was like, how, how old are you? And he goes, Ugh. and she goes, you look dead.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Just looked that line,
0: <laughs> you look dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, proper tickle. Oh, yeah. Um yeah they're the best lines for me personally but it's sprinkled through so many great lines in this film I'd be here mm. all night if we were to well maybe not all night but I'd be here for like a good hour
1: <laughs> it is incredibly quotable yeah I mean we've done a lot of really good films that actually didn't have many good quotable lines things like Blade Runner 2049 there's not many lines that stood out more sort of scenes and what it looked like I think yeah. this film is 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 stocked Full of lines. Yeah. Um, like
0: even the one where he goes, oh, he's heavy. And he's like, oh, he's, he's saying Joseph Stalin's heavy. Yeah, like gold. And he's going, you know, you saucy little pirate. <laughs> <laughs> just little steam-stealing lines like that. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's, just after they shoot Beria and then burn him, um, Paul Whitehouse's character says something like, Oh, I'm knackered. It's been a what is it? It's been, <laughs> yeah, It's been a long old been a long old day. You know, that is such a like a casual thing to say like if, you know, you've had a few too many emails in at the office or something like that. Not when you've just like shot and burnt a guy. It's been a long old day. Oh, long old week. I like how you know, like, up,
0: he's like Nicky, how can you scheme
1: and run? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so again, we could we could just be putting lines yeah, the, the just, whole night just So um, I go on. I was just going to say, yeah, I'm intrigued. I really want to know what the critics thought of this. Uh, thought of this. Yeah, for, I've got a couple of quick
0: critics' quote, but uh, what I'm going to do is first of all, I'm just going to go through a little bit of historical inaccuracies
1: just to get that out of oh, the way. Oh, of course. I did yeah, say yeah, we'd do yeah. them later. So, um, H- how th- long is this going to take? Because I might have a bath. Or what? Sorry, how long maybe long a slow take? roast. Yeah, how long is it going to take? Maybe I mean, about. I might put a turkey two, in two to three minutes max. Two to three minutes, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, up in four minutes and.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can cook a turkey in that time.
1: <laughs> we'll see how long it tastes. I'm no one. chef. <laughs> so, talk us through. Right, right before you do, i do, not... do they do they do they affect your enjoyment of the film?
0: So, when I first saw the film, there was one scene that kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. That, whilst maybe cinematically interesting, just felt out of place. And this was before I was planning on ever having this film on the podcast. Um, this was a couple of years ago when I actually saw the film. And it was um, as soon as Stalin dies and they all the ministers and all these people leave, they, the NVKD liquidate the dacha, essentially. They start killing people and just doing horrifically, you know, dictatorial, nightmarish things. And I was mm-hmm. like, right, I get how that sits with the tone of the film, maybe that this would happen, uh, but it just felt out of place, you know, for me, and when I looked into it, it was, it was like there was no record of like that ever happening. That right. was just it was just kind of it just it's artistic license to be like. Well, would there be record of that happening? <laughs> yes. A good job. <laughs> well, you're right. Yeah, there is that, and it's kind of these regimes. But the thing with like, well, not not to forgive any sort of awful human crimes against humanity here, but but <laughs> often no, but oftentimes with stuff like this is. People would go missing, but there would be a record. Maybe you know, if something like that happened, well, it, it it would kind of be, it would have been public knowledge because you can't just like people want to go to that dacha, you know. There'd be there'd be crowds gathering, wanting to see where Joseph Stalin died. Like, do you remember back when uh, King Jong Un died, and mm-hmm. there was North Korean women? on like an escalator that he'd once stood on and there was this woman crying on this escalator because King John Un had once travelled on it. Mm. These are the kind of fanaticism these people you know Inspired with their fear, <laughs> so yeah. I felt that there would have been crowds going there, and to, they, somebody would have turned up, gone in, and found out like, why has the place been stripped. They would have, they would have made a monument of it. I feel, or they would have made it, they would have restricted it, and yeah, I just it, it stuck in my craw at the time. Like you say,
1: it does, it does fit with the tone of the film. The, the, you know, they tend to clean up right behind themselves. You know, yeah, but it just seemed no it, witnesses.
0: It, it, but f- to what? He died. <laughs> like, what are they afraid of? What are they afraid could get out? Maybe that's was my naivety. But, yeah, when I looked into it, it was, uh, yeah, I was right. It never happened. Um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, uh, Malenkov had... Not Malenkov, sorry. Um, Beria had an actual trial, like a show trial. It was still... Oh, right. Yeah, he, him and a few of his NVKD, uh, um, or NKVD, sorry, Um Colleagues were put on trial about nine months after Stalin's death. So that would you would you rather they did that in the film? um No, I think for the film it makes sense uh, yeah. because it was meant to be a, it. I mean, obviously he got it was a plot against him, and he did get captured and all that. But it was more that it, it, you would have added an extra half an hour onto the film. And they would have yeah, been doing the the, the trial. No yeah, yeah you know it was it was a show trial anyway and mm. yeah it's weird because the bit that annoyed me about this film and it's historic, historical inaccuracy felt it's because it i suppose it just that scene felt forced and it was mm. too arch where this wasn't um, oh and then i just like the little a couple of little ones like uh, zhukov um, has all the medals on his uh, on his chest on his on his uniform yeah. Um, apparently, he had more medals than that in real life. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah, and they've made the decision to not have as many. And I've seen pictures of him, and the man has medals down to his knees. Practically, it does look. <laughs> but a it's bit funny. Stupid. It's
1: funny that sometimes, sometimes the real life thing is, it is ridiculous, and you couldn't if you put it in a show. Somebody would say, "No, that's ridiculous." Like if you. You know, if you made another Simpsons did it, but if you made a show where Donald Trump became president, you'd be like, "All right," I, know, I see the point you're making, but you're going a bit too far there. Or in the Wire, I won't tell you any sort of character names or anything because I know you haven't seen it yet. But a character jumps out of, I think, the third floor window. And survives, but the yeah. real person who it's based on apparently actually jumped out the fifth or sixth floor window and survived. But that would have been so improbable that it would have taken you out of the thing. Even though that was what the real thing happened. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes you have to go for the fictional one because the real thing s- sounds too ridiculous.
0: Yeah. You know, truth is often stranger than fiction. But yeah. when you're showing, f- when you're making fiction, you have to make it believable. Otherwise, people won't believe you. It. It's a weird. It's a weird paradox, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but I think, um, like, you, like you say, if if he'd have won that many medals, you'd have been like, oh, they've they've overdone it there, that's a bit silly. Whereas, yeah. actually just, I just have him having a lot of medals.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose it's a strange one, because if you see pictures of him in his official uniform, he does have, he has medals down to his belt, essentially, where with this, they? <laughs> they're kind of down to his stomach or his belly button, and it's like, well, you put a lot on. If you're going to show him having medals, just put a few on, or one or two, or three or four. You know, either go all in or don't bother, I would have said. But there you go, that was a choice, you know, a minor minor one. And then the other one was apparently along the same theme. So when, at the beginning, the, uh, the concert's based on a story, and apparently in that real event, they actually had three conductors Right. Um, so the first one passed out because of the stress the second one they brought in was too pissed to to uh, conduct the <laughs> orchestra so that's why they ended up getting a third and again Armando Anucci said people just won't believe that the yeah. uh, that the second conductor was drunk when they brought him in that's
1: so, right which I thought
0: would have been brilliant I think that's funnier <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, it would have like, been funnier but I think I think you're right it, it would have it would actually take it away from the the you'd have gone oh well that's just too ridiculous but again it's you know it's yeah, I think I think it's the right decision. I think they yeah. made, and I really like the fact that when they went to the other the other composer and the other conductor, and he said to his wife, you know, T- tell them tell them what you need to tell them. That was the sort of fear, you know. You see this secret police sort of rock up, and you go, well, I'm going to die. So I'm going to make my, make my peace with that. Um, and yeah, handles really well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a few other minor little. Um,
0: historical inaccuracies that are just they're inconsequential, I was just they were the ones that I saw that I thought oh they're worth mentioning and yeah um, oh the other one was Stalin was in like basically he, so he when he had his uh, brain hemorrhage or his stroke he uh, he was actually kind of incapacitated for three days, not like a day or half a day
1: well that's fine isn't it but that's again contracted problem. for you know
0: um, dramatic reasons yeah Rightio, we'll so... We'll allow it, we'll what, allow it. What we're going to do after the break is we're going to do the critics, we're going to have a look at a couple of those, we're going to get Sam's rating out of 10, and then we'll mm-hmm. do a quiz, and we'll talk about what's coming up on next week's show. So join us after the break. dooper, dooper. Join us after the break. Hello and welcome back. So... What we're going to do now is we're going to have a look at the critics, Sam. So I've got a couple of quotes here from a couple of critics for you. So from the New York Times, I've got a quote. So the laughs come in jolts and waves in the death of Stalin, uh, delivered in a brilliantly arranged mix of savage one-liners, a lacerating dialogue and perfectly timed slapstick. So that was the New York Times.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you yeah. would you
0: agree with that one?
1: I think that that holds up. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then Peter Bradshaw in the Guardian, he unsurprisingly gave it five stars. He says the death of Starling is superbly cast and acted with icy and ruthless force by an a list lineup. There are no weak links. Each has a plum roll. Each squeezes every gorgeous horrible drop.
1: <laughs> That's
0: wonderful imagery. Yeah, and it pretty much sums up the film perfectly well. I find. Um, yeah, I'm very yeah. happy with those. So it did critically well. I think it, you know, it looks like it would have done commercially okay for its budget. Um, yeah, it didn't do too badly. Apparently, its budget was about thirteen million. Took about twenty-four million, so just broke yeah. even, I would imagine. But you, you don't know with uh, these things because they're very, they're very bad at telling you <laughs> how much films really cost and if they Not made many, money. Sort of-
1: Comedies like this actually make a lot of money, do they? they? They tend to just about break even. Yeah. I'm so glad that they get made, but they, they tend not to be very... Lucrative.
0: But it's got a Metacritic score of 88.
1: Wow, that's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, comedy is a genre that's suffering at the minute. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Um, they're not being produced in the amount that they used to get produced, um, just because the returns aren't as big on them that perhaps they could be. But I think it's I, it's a trend, but I don't think it's one that's going to last forever, quite frankly. I think it's going to go back to studios, uh, US studios, especially making uh, big-budget comedies again. I think it's something... It, somebody it's like, will make a big yeah. hit and...
1: I mean, I much prefer try a, five, jump on million, the like a sort of five million comedy rather than a... 30 million comedy, you know, I, I don't think... But, yeah, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see... I think the only thing with than... comedy
0: is it's hard to sustain it for an hour and a half because yeah. a lot of the times it's based on its premise, isn't it? And I yeah, think...
1: and I think we said it last time, didn't we? You know, a, a really good comedy film. You don't think it was a comedy. It's just a really funny, good mm. film. And, I'm, you know, I've got all the time in the world for those. Yeah. So, Sam,
0: how many missing ice hockey teams out of 10 would you give <laughs> <laughs> the, the death of starling
1: i'll go i'll go for an eight. I'll oh, go that's, for an
0: eight. A, that's a high score yeah low by I'm, your standards but
1: that's low by score. my standards yeah i was i was really happy with it and i think that over time i'll probably get more and more enamored of it because i really liked it like i said I didn't it didn't grip me the entire time but you know, there's so little to complain about and so little to criticize. So I'm going to give it a solid eight. Yeah, that's
0: good stuff. That's uh, mm. yeah, so it's I'd probably I probably appreciate. From
1: ba- I appreciate you making me
0: making watch it. So what's your what would be your rating? Yes, yeah, for me, it's a nine or a ten. You know, it's a comedy. You Fantastic. Judge it on its comedic uh, ability, and it really is funny. And it, but yes. it's also heavy and dark, and you know, it's one of those films that kind of makes you think about modern times. You know. Mm-hmm. often these films are always thought of in terms of the politics of the now, aren't they, rather than... Um, interestingly, this film got uh, banned in Russia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so showing surprise, the tendencies there that uh, are universal from the Russians for... They die hard. ...centuries. <laughs> yeah, they really do,
1: don't they? Because I was thinking, like, you know, if you ever think that Russian people are different art, you go, well, this was, you know less than 70 years ago, <laughs> all this stuff, you know, and Khrushchev was leader until Brezhnev in, what was it, 64, you know, so it's, sorry if that's a quiz question of yours, um, you know, so it's really well within living memory.
0: Yeah, I also like, you just mentioned Brezhnev
1: there, I like the fact the last shot of the film is essentially yeah. um, it zooming a in on Brezhnev. A man with eyebrows looking down at him and I go, oh, that's Brezhnev. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did exactly. like that. Um, right, okay, so Sam, are you ready for a quiz? I'm
0: well in the mood for a quiz. You're always in a mood for a quiz. One day you'll say no and I'll have wasted half an hour of my life one day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Not today.
0: Okay, so I think we've mentioned it a few times in our conversation. What did Stalin die of? Oh, a cerebral hemorrhage? Correct. Well done. What metal is Stalin compared to? Gold. He is indeed. What is Radio Moscow's music director's assistant eating? Apples. He's always eating apples. He's always eating apples, isn't he? Well done. <laughs> That's a
1: good question, that.
0: It is. <laughs> what does Mollenkopf... Uh, sorry, what does Mollenkopf say to do with his picture? The one that he doesn't want.
1: <laughs> I like that one. Uh, Yeah, was it take that one and have it destroyed or burnt? That's yeah, he mean. says to have it burnt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I really like that, because it caught me off guard, that one. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> what else did, It's not a quick question, but he describes it as... What else does he describe it as?
1: Oh, uh, it's like stronger chinned. He's like stronger angular. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then finally, what does Zhukov compare Khrushchev's balls to? Specifically, oh, what s- does he com- compare them
1: to? Can you say the Kremlin? or the, Indeed, uh, yeah. Although, yeah
0: the Kremlin. although technically, it's St. Basil's Cathedral. The, what we think of <laughs> as the criminal, Kremlin. But it, there's some, even though they're best anonymous, aren't they, in the Western culture, yeah, so... We <coughs> don't.
1: we don't want to be the sort of people who go, well, it's not really Big Ben, it's actually um, St Stephen's Tower. Yeah, <laughs> the ben, Big Ben's just the bell. You know, it, we're not those kind of people, I think. No, isn't it Queen Elizabeth Tower? Well, this maybe you are one of those kind of people. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: So, congratulations! You got five out of five there. Well done, Queen's uh, sweep, hundred percent bingo house, whatever you want to call it. Fantastic! Give yourself a medal. We'll get you one. We'll get one
1: from uh, Zhukov for you. I'll get an entire torso of medals. Yeah, so I do have
0: some additional, two additional questions for you, though. Oh, I like these. Yeah, these are the, you either know them or you don't, and quite frankly, uh, I'm intrigued to know if you know the first one. What country was Joseph Stalin from?
1: Oh, interesting. I feel like I've heard this before. Was he, uh, I'll say, Italian?
0: Are you confusing him with Mussolini?
1: Mussolini. Um, who famously
0: didn't have a lot of hair. Is he from the Soviet Union? Um, yeah, so he was from the Soviet Union at this time. I'll say Armenia. You were near, but close. Georgia. Yes, he was from Georgia. Fantastic. Fantastic. He was actually Georgian, not Russian. So... Loser. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like two of the worst dictators of the 20th century. You always think uh, from the country that they were most prominent in, but actually weren't from that country.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, what is it, I think Germany's greatest... Um... Oh, no, I, uh, no I'm no, i going to get it wrong, never mind. It was something like, was convincing the world that, oh, Australia's greatest win was convincing the world that Adolf Hitler was German and Mozart was Austrian. There was something like that anyway, yeah. It, it, you can edit that out Germany's that biggest bullshit. win was convincing
0: the world that Australia was it, it was from no,
1: Australia. I, Austria. I thought
0: you said Australia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That when, would have been a yeah left turn. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, that's Death of Stalin, isn't it? So oh, yeah, sorry, the so, second one. Yeah, so second. by that,
0: so basically... Um, his birth name was actually uh, Joseph uh, Vissarinovich uh, Jugashvili. Not even Stalin. Ooh, so by, wow. because of that, in Russian, what does Stalin mean?
1: Ooh, probably great leader. No. Fantastic
0: um, shag. <laughs> possibly.
1: <laughs> cool. um,
0: it's this, the name or the translation into English is actually synonymous with uh, a symbol at least in the west of uh, the American way, you know, truth, justice, but uh, something very different in Russian, it would seem. Ah, It translates as a man of steel. (laughs) Yeah, mad that, isn't it? That is fantastic, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so that was The Death of Starling. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, Me too, me too. Yeah, it was good fun, wasn't it, in a... Dark way. It was, do you know? What I enjoyed. I really enjoyed watching Michael Palin in something. He's, you know, he's he's so mm. rich that he doesn't need to be in anything. <laughs> so when he is in stuff, it's always cool to see him in it.
1: Yeah, he's got lots of different pies, lots of different irons in lots of different fires, and yeah, he's not done much acting, and it was it was really nice. Yeah, and he does it so well. There's a great bit actually when Stalin tells a joke and he laughs but too hard with his eyebrows, and I thought that is some quality com- comedic acting there there's, a, yeah, there's yeah. a great
0: Python-esque bit isn't there in the um, in the in the the little council they're having and he um, and they're deciding on the motion and he just keeps flip-flopping and no one <laughs> yeah, can tell what he's right. going to yeah. come down on it's brilliant yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. yeah so there you go what about next week Hugh? I don't know Sam what am I watching next week you tell me it is your week to recommend oh by the that's way before we so go gone. on to next
1: week would you recommend this film to other people? Oh, yes. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Um, to a listener, if for some reason you haven't seen it, if you like things like Alan Partridge, think of it, um, satire, Chris Morris stuff, then you will absolutely lap this up, I think. I, th- I think they will as well. Mm, I agree. So, yeah, what will we watch we next week? For them. So next week we're going to watch the Jeremy Solnier film Blue Ruin, which is now back on Netflix. Hugh, what do you know about Blue Ruin? I know nothing about Blue Ruin, Sam. And. Fantastic! Um, I couldn't tell you who's I, in it. I couldn't tell you when it was made. It's, this, is, this is what we want. This is what we want. It's a a really good film that I've only seen once. It was recommended to me. I might might have even watched it with our good friend Ben Dawson. Yeah. So we'll I'm look forward, forward to, to that. It. As, yeah. I, I really, I'm, I've like I said, seen it once. I'm really looking forward to really getting into it because he's a fun, he's a fascinating uh, writer director. When he's in, he's he's very unconventional, and when he's in interviews, always fascinating. So. Join us next week, listeners. Um, Hugh, if they want to get in touch with us and tell us about podgroms and things, what could they how could they do that? Well, if you want to get in touch with us about specific
0: pogroms that you're planning, don't get in touch with us. We're not into that sort of thing The here. number Please is
1: 999. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's for special branch. <laughs> and tell them your uh, heinous ideas that you have. No, yeah. so if you want to get in touch with us, what you need to do is you need to become the dictatorial leader of uh, the second most powerful country of, in the world uh, during the Second World War, preferably. And then what you right. need to do is get some underlings... So Sorry,
1: time machine first. I'll just make a note. Time machine first, then dictatorial leader second.
0: Um, no, they could start their own Cold War and then become... I didn't say they had to be controller of Russia. Just says They had to uh, become the leader of a power during a Cold War. or the second most powerful country right. during the Cold War. So, yeah. Or a Cold War. instead okay. of the Let's say a Cold War. Let's, you know... <laughs> they, you know, if they invent a time machine, are they really going to want to... Well, actually, if they invented a time machine, I think the first thing some a lot of people would do is go back and become uh, dictatorial leaders of countries. But
1: uh, that's... Well, well, whereas other people would go back and listen to all 33 episodes of our show again for the first time.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: if that's... Anyway, so yeah, they need to do <laughs> that.
0: They need to become uh, leaders of uh, powerful countries. They need to then get their uh, underlings to write in to us uh, about this episode or any other episode
1: on Please Watch This. That's, that suits me, yeah. I mean, that's our contact details, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. And uh, wait, should just in case, should we give out an email address?
0: I'm just thinking. So the email address that you want your underlings to write to is pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. So Fantastic. Send, fire us off an email and we'll respond.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or we'll at least
0: get um, to do it, won't we, Sam?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if Twitter still exists in this dystopian world that you're creating and helping to, uh, to propel into the future, uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Please Watch Pod. We're on Facebook at Please Watch Pod, and um, that's about it. So that get is our socials. That's the socials, never on Instagram. Um, so that's it. Lads and lasses, we love you lots and we will see you, talk to you, talk at you next week. We will. See you next week. Bye. Bye!